welcome back to Three Footed Tackle, the American soccer podcast that's getting back in swing, just like Zlatan Ibrahimovic's elbows are in Major League Soccer. Zlatan's a big story that we will be talking about today, as well as a huge matchup for LAFC trying to bounce back from getting Zlatan the other day. And we will also have a throwback to a previous era of my podcasting career as we talk some DraftKings fantasy for Mexican League Soccer, which is actually the place where I got my start podcasting. So if you're excited to check that out, I'm excited to have you with us. It's Three Footed Tackle, vamanos! Right, welcome back to the podcast, Enrique Palacios. Good time we had this past weekend going to see the International Champions Cup, Arsenal and Fiorentina in Charlotte. Thanks for making the drive up from Atlanta. It was good to hang out in person and good to be back on a podcast with you, man. How you feeling? Yeah, man, it was a hell of a time. Too short, you know, for me. And um, I hope, you know, we get to catch more games and get to hang out more in the future. But, yeah, it's great to be back on this podcast. Let's go see a game that counts next time. This is, I mean, they call this a tournament but it's basically an exhibition but we did get to see some pretty good goals that was kind of cool arsenal looked good right yeah they had pretty good goals it was back and forth in the first half and then arsenal started scoring and then you know took over the game but yeah it was great to see them kids come up from the youth academy and they're doing great yeah unfortunately then unfortunately then the starters went and choked away a game that they had a two nothing lead on against real madrid so Probably more misery in store for Arsenal fans this year, but that's uh, so it goes. Yeah, we need some help in the defense, but I hope, you know, this season they uh, get better for us fans. <laughs> this is an American soccer podcast, so we'll bring it back to our side of the Atlantic. The biggest story in Major League Soccer, which can, no one can ignore at this point, it's kind of a black hole sucking all attention, coverage, and everything else. It's Vlad Nebrahimovic. I'm sure he would have it no other way. The Swedish Lion dominating the headlines after... Just dominating LAFC with a hat trick and then absolutely winning the trash talk game every single time someone puts a microphone in front of his face. Slatan is a man and I, I love, you know, characters like him being in the MLS, having that personality and just backing it up as well. You know, he had that hat trick against LAFC and this controversy about him. Um, yeah, what did you think of the elbow? He didn't get punishment for it. I mean, he, he drops the great quote of, Hey, I jumped like anybody jumps. It's not my fault. I'm taller than him, which is pretty brutal when, you know, when you sent a guy to surgery to just not even care and, you know, just like keep it moving like that. It's almost like uh, Drago in Rocky Four. You know, if he dies, he dies, whatever. But it's kind of cool. You know, I wish I could disagree with you. You know, I, I, I'd love to have a fiery debate on this on this thing. Uh, we we try to bring as, as many different ideas as we can here on this podcast, but I love Zlatan just as much as you do, and I I, I like LAFC, but I, I can't help but feel uh, a, a big smile creep onto my face when I see a three-two match where Zlatan Ibrahimovic scores a hat trick and uh, and then chew, you know just completely bitches out an opposing team's coach, you know uh, sends another player and packing, uh, you know it's it's, you know, it's harsh, but it is what it is. Yeah, he's an unbelievable player, and it's crazy how. At his age, being 37, he can create all them plays. Like, the first goal against LAFC was, like, something you would do in FIFA. Like, it's crazy, like, how he dominated the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be – for me, it's goal. That was goal of the year. Rui Diaz put a great goal together the other day. There's been some other ones. But, I mean, it was a lot and did at full full pace, you know, taking the ball from distance was just absolutely incredible for sure. 
Yeah, like you said, there's not much to debate about how great he is. But yeah, um, about his controversy, I think the people that know Slatan know what type of player he is. And it, it was dirty from his part, but, you know, he's going to excuse himself being taller than anybody else in the league. And, you know, that was so you think, you think it was dirty? Yes, I do believe so. Okay. He says, uh, you know, today he comes out, when, when you're the best, you're hunted. You know, he does, but he doesn't <laughs> mind being hunted. I don't know. You ever feel hunted? You ever feel hunted in life? Yeah, on the Liga MX DFS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice tease. Yeah, we are, we are actually going to get some fantasy soccer talk here at the end of this episode, since that's the one of your specialties. But I kind of knew that was going to be your answer. But we won't transition straight there just yet, but I do want to get to our second topic which is going to be the MLS match that is playing on Friday night. Another big matchup. LAFC coming off that loss to Zlatan's Galaxy. Now has to take on Atlanta United. Kind of a schizophrenic team, but it's kind of back in good form now all of a sudden with Pity Martinez getting the last-minute goal and the last-minute assist to spark a great 2-0 victory the other day. Atlanta's back. LAFC slightly vulnerable, but still looks like the best team in the league. It's going to be a great match. I believe it's going to be the match of the week. I saw Atlanta play DC United the other day, and I love their European style. Like, it's really good down the flanks with um, Miram and Vasquez, but I'm not sure if Vasquez is going to start this match. I would like to see more of PT. You know how he came in and yeah. changed the whole I would say Pity played his way back into the starting lineup in his up-and-down season. I'd say he's back up. Grasso down the wing, he's doing really well with Atlanta. and. You know, you have them LFC, LAFC guys like Diomande. And, of course, I, I believe he's the MVP of the league, unlike Slatan, like he says he is. But Carlos Vela, such a great player to watch. Yeah, as good as Lawton is, you, if you were starting a team and you wanted that total team concept and a guy to pull the strings for you, you might lean towards Vela first because he's just that much more of a total player. Obviously, Zlatan is a one-man team himself and can wreck you like he just did. And, you know, he, but he will also disappear at times. So, and Vela brings a little bit more consistency. <laughs> that, that's a really tough call. Would you call this game a home game against Atlanta? Even with their cushion in the standings, is this a must win for LAFC to get back into their winning ways right away? Yeah, they need to bounce back after that tough loss against LA Galaxy. And Atlanta's a tough opponent. It's going to be a pretty even match. And they need a win bounce back because if they lose, I believe they're going to just go on a bad streak from here. Oh, you think this could kick off a, a losing streak? Yeah. You know, it happens with, when teams, you know, get some tough losses, you know, back to back, and it just goes downhill from there. They still got a seven-point lead in the table. I'm looking back through their standings. I, I can't find a two-match losing streak or even a spot where they failed to, to get a, a W after a win. And the, yeah, you get not, not in 2019. It hasn't happened. So after every loss they've had this year, they go they go get a win. It's going to be questionable if they can go get another one here. I'm going to say they do. I think Atlanta has little resurgence, even with the nice win against DC and, and Pity sort of, you know, beca- becoming one of the the team moment that he had with that that nice header goal as a sub. As great as it was, still a little bit fraudulent. I don't buy that Atlanta's fully back. I, I need to see it. The good news is, is the East is wide open. They haven't really lost too much ground in the standings, but they haven't shorn up anything in terms of like proving to me. I like what Miram's doing. Joseph scoring goals, obviously, but without if if they can't get him scoring goals, it's 
usually not coming from anywhere else. So I like LAFC to win this one, and I I wouldn't call it a must win, but I do I think it is a, a will win. So you want to make a side bet on that? I got Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got to rep for your home city, and I'm I'm on record. I'm gonna I consider myself an Atlanta United fan, even with uh, Austin getting in the mix in MLS and. Charlotte, you know, even trying to maybe get in the mix in MLS someday in the long in the long distance future. So, but for now, I am an Atlanta United fan, and I, I, I'd like to see them hold their own against LAFC. I think it's gonna be a great match, but overall, on the road in LA, I'm I'm gonna take Bayless Voice on this one. So, I'm not a Atlanta United fan yet, but I'm, I think I'm getting, you know, closer to becoming a fan of some team. I'm I'm not sure yet. It's either between Atlanta or Galaxy. I like both teams, but going back to my losing streak with LAFC, if they lose against Atlanta, you know who they're facing next? The hottest team at the moment for me, New England Revolution. Oh, yeah, the Revs look great. Revs look great. I mean, Carlos Hill has been pretty sweet. Uh, Arena's got the team in in good shape, and uh, obviously Gustavo Bo has been a nice addition for them. He's, he's better in the first game than the second, but he's been nice. And, yeah, that, that's why LAFC – I guess that's why you consider this a must-win because they have to go to New England in the next one. I, I guess I could see it. I don't think their first losing streak of the season is coming here, though. We'll see. I don't feel like they are worried about losing you know, the first-place spot, but it can kind of hurt them if they don't do well in these games. But we shall see. Tomorrow's a big game. Our third and final topic tonight is going to be a little bit of a throwback to what you and I got started. The first podcast that you and I ever did together were – very focused on uh, DraftKings fantasy strategy for Liga MX. That was kind of our thing, right? The Liga MX fantasy podcast. We decided to bring it under the umbrella here on Three Foot Tackle and just keep it all everything in one place. So there's a DraftKings slate tomorrow as Liga MX's season is getting back going. We're trying to cover soccer all across North America here. So if you're not a big fantasy player, this is probably not going to be the best segment for you. But if it's something you're curious about, listen uh, to what we got to say here. Maybe encourage you to give it a shot here on the Mexican League, which has two games tomorrow and uh, should be a couple of fun ones. What do you like on this as you look at this from a fantasy perspective, Enrique? It's going to be tough trying to get some value in the first game, which is Atlas against Morelia, Morelia being at home, because I believe on the second game, you can find a lot of value with Veracruz being the biggest underdog in the slate and Pachuca, a big favorite. So we're going to have to find those cheap, value players on the first game. And we have mentioned one that I believe is going to be like almost 90 and above percent <laughs> on the slate. That's one of our favorite players. Yeah, you're talking about Osvaldo Martinez, right, for Atlas? Yes, it's unbelievable how cheap he is at 5,100. Yeah, this is a guy that I, I'll have to look it up, but we were used to paying in the eights and 9,000s for him salary-wise at a certain point, right? But it started to drop mid mid uh, late season in the uh, Clausura last year he just his production did drop off a little i guess that kind of affected his price but still 5100 is pretty is too cheap i feel like they dropped down his price because he plays mainly center role and he relies on set pieces and you have you see Hara down the wing and uh, Ricky Alvarez as well which can sometimes fix the sets, but, you know, Osvaldo hogs the ball when it comes down to any set piece. Right, and that's what you want. Is like You obviously want to play wing players, but you really just want guys who are going to be on the ball and dominate possession and 
make sure they have the ball, the feet, the guys that always want to touch. And I think Osvaldo is one of those guys. There's another guy I think that's it's pretty strong lock. Maybe not quite as strong, but uh, Guzman for Pachuca at 7,400 jumps out because you know what he's capable of. And obviously he's going to draw ownership and people who are just playing for the first time with that very large, you know, fantasy points per game average. But he pretty much backs it up. You know, it's not not something he's not going to get that every time. A lot of some of that comes from some really huge performances, but he is a good guy that you're going to want to think about putting in, in the lineup. Yeah, he's at a decent price tomorrow, and he's a guy that likes to shoot and cross, so he can make you go up the uh, rankings with his points. It can, he, he can probably do double digits tomorrow. I can see it because Pachuca is a big favorite tomorrow against Veracruz. Yeah, I like him. I like kind of starting with a midfield of Guzman and Osvaldo and uh, going from there. What about on the forward side? If you were going to start there, where, where would you pay up for some forwards that you think are uh, – who do you feel is going to score some goals tomorrow? And the first game, I'm not too sure. It's going to be a coin flip. It can either go Morelas way or Atlas way. Because Atlas won the first game, but it was against uh debut 10 team, which was Juarez, and they barely won 1-0. And Morela just lost against Tigres. But they actually scored two goals at Tigres. So I might have to just pick one of these guys that I see starting tomorrow. Maybe if he starts, I'm going to choose Luis Mendoza for Morelia, which... He's midfield and forward eligible. Okay. My pick uh, is going to be on the same team, but I'm going to go other side to Edison Flores, who is a guy who I had a great Copa America for Peru. He's always been a player that I like to watch play, and I think he's going to sort of transition that good form he found in the summer tournament into uh, into the league season. Yeah, Edison Flores is a good pick because he gets why he likes to cross. So, yeah, for right. One thing with the new season is you got to kind of re-educate yourself on all the set piece takers. A lot of them you can put together based on what you saw last year, but a lot of, some of these teams have new makeups or just new roles, or they're going to switch for just no maybe a new coach. So, are there any uh, set piece switches that you might have had your eye on, or just any set piece situations you want to shout out that you're t- paying close attention to, or that you got some insight on, or anything like that? I believe tomorrow, if he does start, Abraham Gonzalez for Veracruz will take over set pieces, which we were used to. What's his name? Um, Sebastian Rodriguez from Veracruz, which yep. they're around the same price, only by 100 difference. So if you see Abraham Gonzalez tomorrow, and see him pretty much as 10 row, he's going to take some sets. So for 3600 that's a good call. Yeah, that looks like a value play that you want to build your lineup on big time, especially playing at home. Yeah, I would want to see him in. I'll, I'll definitely be he, – he could be the utility. If I if I go with those other two midfielders I mentioned earlier, then Abraham could be utility. And, you know, I guess you'd want to leave that extra 100 for Sebastian just in case if, if Gonzalez was out and Rodriguez was in. But I, I'm with you. I expect it to be Abraham for sure. And – he doesn't bring a t- – he's another one just like uh, 
just like uh, Osvaldo Martinez, who plays central. And, you know, he, he relies a little bit on set pieces to get there. But for 3,600 with the assist upside, he could – his upside is really big at that price. It just – he could easily get you 11 or 12 points. Yeah, so you have pretty good value on midfield. I think you should be uh, well covered on that area. But you have to look out for the forwards who you believe will score the goals. And on the short slate – like tomorrow for two games, you're gonna really get them goals because that can make the difference between you cashing or not. Yeah, I know Davila likes to shoot a lot. Uh, you know, he's someone they, they're gonna be on the road, right? I believe uh, Pachuca, but he's someone who always fires a lot of shots and he gets a few of them on target. He has games where he has five shots, two on target. Many times he gets that. So. He's a guy you can count on. He brings a little bit of floor as at a forward position. I noticed he used to be, I think, just a forward, but now he's midfield forward both. So that's kind of good. Carrasco, I think, is maybe a little overpriced at 8K, but he's a forward who will take some sets potentially and does like to cross an open play. But for 8K, I don't love it, although there's enough value elsewhere that that might be somewhere where you choose to spend, right? I mean, he's for a forward, or eligible only, he brings a little bit of floor. Yes, I believe he does take some corners as well, and he's the guy that just likes to get wide and cross. So for 8000 that's not bad. That's a pretty safe play tomorrow for Veracruz. Yeah, I think I would pay – I'd rather pay eight k for Carrasco than 9500 for Franco Jara. I mean, you know. But. Hey, Hada, he's that guy that can score your hat-trick any given day, so if I watch out. Just, yeah, yeah, good point. I mean, Hara does have that, like, three-goal upside. Yeah, you're right. He, he's got a few 30-pointers in his game log that are definitely helping him out. So he'll probably be on, too, because people will have the money. I don't know if you'll have the money to spend all the way up to Cardona at 11-7. That's, that's inordinately high, I feel, to be honest. But Yeah, Hara's definitely a goal-dependent player for DFS purposes, but... He scored nine goals, I believe, last season, which is not bad. Out of 17, it's like a goal per every other game. And he likes to shoot, so just watch out. If you want to link him up with somebody, that'll be a good pair. Give me your favorite play at forward under 6K to score a goal. I think I know what you're going to say. Oh, is this, is this the Benny pick? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, this is the Enrique pick. Come on now. This is okay. okay with it. I, I believe this is the Enrique pick because I've never seen Vinny actually pick this guy. <laughs> so, uh, the Enrique pick is always and forever will be Christian Menendez for 48. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's yeah, that's a, that's a nice value. I was thinking you might go uh, Barcelo, but you went even a little bit lower, so that's not bad. I don't think Barcelo starts. I think Ian Torres has taken up the Oh, first okay. Well, yeah. That, that's why you can't pick him. You call. Yeah. So, so then, why you pick Menendez? Why do I pick him? Because he can actually take some penalties in case Veracruz gets a PK. Or he can miss him, too. <laughs> yeah, good point. But he is very goal-dependent. He'll take a shot every now and then, but... He's mainly waiting for that cross or that right. point. But, and you hey, hope it goes in. 48 gets a goal and you're in there. Yeah, he could, he could make a lineup work for sure. I, I don't think it's a great play. I don't like it in like a cash game situation, but 
Lately, I've been, I've been playing to win GPPs more than I've been playing cash games anyway. So let's go for it. Why not? Menendez. Yeah, man. GPP is the way to go. You saw what happened last week on the Friday night. All right, quick thoughts on defenders. Who do, who do you like? There's a couple expensive ones. Well, I will have to lock in Raul Lopez. Even though he's 6,300, he's that guy that loves to cross. And I believe he does take some sets as well. So, Yeah, and I think there's enough value elsewhere too. And I'll probably get a cheap fullback. Maybe if he does start, I'll play Jose Martinez, which used to play with Pachuca before. Please. It's a right back from Morena for 3500 That's a good call. Cool. Well, hey, you've given a lot of good plays. I mean, you are the Liga MX fantasy god. I won't let, make you give away all your plays. Uh, I'll let you keep a few in the pocket. But uh, anything else you want to say to the people uh, to welcome them back to the fantasy season? I hope more people will start playing and actually start listening to us and draw more people to the Liga MX community and I'm glad to be back, and good luck to everybody out there. Yep. Well, uh, if you uh, listened to any of that and didn't know what to make of it but are intrigued and want to know more, then reach out to Araboy14 at, uh, on Twitter. That's Enrique's Twitter handle, and he loves to talk fantasy on there. That's one of your big things. Let me know if anyone reaches out to you, for sure. I'd, I'd love to hear the story. Yeah, I might start charging you, but we shall see. <laughs> first, first, few, first few messages are free. Let's just at least, at least promise that. Yeah, yeah, reach your limit after five messages. You just start subscribing too much. <laughs> but yeah, man, we hope to see more people to the DMS community and start playing more. Cool. Well, hey, Enrique, very good chatting with you. Thanks, everyone, for giving Three Foot Attack a listen. Thanks for sticking with us, and we will catch you next time. Yeah, I